Welcome, everybody, to episode two of the Grass is Always Greener podcast, Michigan State podcast, hosted by me, Ryan Elke. You can find me on Twitter at RyanEL underscore key. Find the podcast at AlwaysGreenMSU. And if you have a question, you can always send us it via email or on Twitter. Uh, the email is grassisalwaysgreenermsu at gmail.com. A uh, lot to get into today. Basketball gets mollywopped by Northwestern 79 to 65. And transfers. A lot of transferring going on. So let's get to it. One, two. Lovely golden days where we get our ass kicked. Sorry, holiday mood. 79.65. Oh, it was just ugly. Uh, Sunday night watching this team just come out with no effort, no will, no try. And the thing is to continue have no effort, no will, no try in them at all. And to see Northwestern just hit whatever they want. Just... Whatever they wanted, they, they got it. Tom Izzo in the post game, just saying this is the most inept effort I've seen in my 26 years of coaching. That's always great to hear. Um, and honestly, this comes after a week layoff of games. Uh, they played Oakland the previous Sunday, gave up a lot of points, at 91 points in that game. So it, the defense has honestly been concerning for a few weeks now. To me, ever since the Duke game, um, because the Duke game, the defense was phenomenal. I think uh, I either said it on the show or maybe my dad, I was like, this defense is elite, and this team is going to have to be carried by that defense until their offense can figure it out. Ever since then, it feels like the defense hasn't been as exceptional as it was go like coming out of that Duke game. Even at the end of that game, the Blue Devils kind of – Scratch and clawed back in with some threes and, you know, a bank three. But, you know, the game against Detroit didn't see that same defensive intensity. Oakland, there there was, but there's a lot of main contestant shots. So it was here and there. But this game, it just all gave up. So to me, like, I felt like a loss like this was coming because the team just didn't seem cohesive the last, like, two weeks, three weeks since that Duke game was played. Just some – Something seemed off, and the offense has been off, and I think we'll be off for a few more games. Um, honestly, because it's a brand-new offense. You have a lot of different people starting, and honestly, I think we took for granted the last, like, two, two-and-a-half years, Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman being more of the staples and the vocal leaders, the emotional leaders of that team. Now that they're both gone, who do you have? Josh Lankford hasn't been playing the last two years. Aaron Henry is growing into that role will still take time. Foster Lawyer, he was a last-end resort the last season for this team. Rocket Watts was just here to score last year. You know, Joey Hauser, he was on the team last year, but he had to sit out due to transfers and, you know, just knowing his role last year. Thomas Kithier, same type of guy, like, there isn't that one big emotional vocal leader yet. Jocelyn Ford is taking steps, 
but isn't necessarily showing it on the court yet. Aaron Henry's shown steps of it, but again, hasn't taken over this team. Rocket Watts, I think, really needs to make that step. And I think I get lost in it and forget that he is only a sophomore. He is learning a brand new position. But at the same time, it gets frustrating knowing that he is the point guard and you see some of the efforts that he's given this year. And it's not a total cohesive effort where it's like he needs to be benched and this season. It's just you see he's not always 100% in the game mentally. You see some lazy passes that lead to easy turnovers and e- easy buckets. Yesterday, you don't see him put the team is back like you saw Cassius Winston do multiple times, including a game against Northwestern last year. He, Rocket Watts goes two for 11, five points. <clears throat> so I think this off, offensively, this team just needs time. Uh, they just need time to know how each other work. And they need someone to take over this team. As for the defensive effort last night, honestly, this is either you take the tape and burn it game or what I think may happen since you have multiple days off until your next game on Christmas and no school, I think you're going to (laughs) run until those games. Because it's one thing if just shots just fall. If you're playing Oakland or if it's boo-booey last year where it's just the shots are falling no matter what. You have a hand in the face, whatever, the shots fall. MSU didn't even attempt to guard guys on the perimeter last night. And they paid for it dearfully. Northwestern 10 of 21 shooting. uh, Yeah, 10 of 20. Northwestern 10 of 21 from the three. Boo Booey, uh, 30 points, career high, what, five of six from the three-point line. And honestly, last year he went out for 26 in a huge game. He's the younger brother of former Penn State guard Taylor Battle. So to me, I am just sick and tired of this family. Like, you're both very fine players. I like the way you play. Just stop doing it against Michigan State. I'm over it. So quit asking pulling Nick Saban out like I'm just I am tired of this family just hitting threes from wherever on the court <laughs> boo boo we can go pro tomorrow I'm not <laughs> just done with them I'm done with that, that family but uh back to the back to the game 30 points 26 points last year oh my gosh uh, MSU couldn't uh, it felt like it sounded like they're playing on play school Playground rims last night with all the clanking. Eight of 31 from three, five of 10 from free throws. All the other stats, though, uh, turnovers weren't bad. MSU out-rebounded Northwestern. Uh, the one odd stat of the game is that there were, like I think, two second-chance points combined. I think Northwestern had two second-chance points. So it, it was a weird game, but uh, MSU took a like early 4 nothing lead. Then Northwestern went on uh, 11 Nothing run. And that's how it seemed the whole game went, was MSU would score two baskets, then Northwestern would go on a 12-nothing run, a 10-nothing run. There must, they must have had, like, all the, 79 points, so they probably damn near just went on eight 10-nothing runs throughout the game, and MSU just sprinkled some points here and there. But that's how it seemed it was. But the effort, like, that's got to change. And you hope that 
someone can step up and lead this team. Josh Lankford said in the post game, like, I was getting into the guys on the bench, trying to get them riled up because, again, you don't have fans. You don't have that instant energy when you're playing. So it kind of is – I don't know which football team does it, but it's BYOJ, bring your own juice. And that's what that team is kind of lacking at the moment. They're not bringing their own juice. I feel like they're just relying on the name that's on the chest. And that's not going to cut it when we're in Big Ten play. As we've already seen, as Michigan State falls 0-1 in Big Ten play. And now they get to go play number 12, Wisconsin. So it's, it's something to where effort needs to be rewarded on this team. And it also needs to be punished for people that aren't giving the effort. Because I know Izzo is trying to expand his rotation in case there is a COVID situation on his team where big rotational guys lose minutes or miss games because of this. But there has to be a certain point where you have to make some adjustments. And I think you all know where I'm getting at, and that's, that's the big man position, the five and the four spot. So honestly, last night, Thomas Kithier, 18 minutes. Two rebounds, two points. For once, uh, seemed okay defensively. Malik Hall, 22 minutes, 10 points, nine rebounds. I don't mind it. Like Next to Joey Hauser, he's your best big man. Plain and simple. But Julius Marble, nine minutes, three points, two rebounds. I actually like the effort he gives, and he's physical as all hell. Like, you don't want to back down Julius Marble. You don't want to be in the paint with Marble. You know who you want to be in the paint with? Marcus Bingham. Eight minutes, goose egg. Zero points, zero rebounds. Dude, seven foot 40 and can't pull down a single rebound. He was playing as soft as anyone on the court last night, offensively and defensively. At some point, Marcus Bingham's minutes just have to go elsewhere. Like, Matty Sissoko should be getting more minutes than Marcus Bingham right now. Julius Marble should be playing equal minutes to Thomas Kithier right now. At some point, that center rotation has to be addressed. And I think right now that's what's costing this team a little bit defensively. Granted, last night was a lot of perimeter defense. That was the issue. But that was mostly effort. And so you hope to see that effort will change as long as leadership steps up. But as for down low, I think it's more of you're not putting your best guys forward in there. Joey Hauser is a, is a defensive liability, but you're taking his offense. Malik Hall, great down low. Is as physical as just about anyone on the team. Honestly, he's, he's – Again, right behind Hauser as your best big man. Julius Marble is your third. Why are we still kidding ourselves with Thomas Kithier starting and Marcus Bingham playing equal minutes to Marble? It's just frustrating to see this team be like that. And again, that's, that's more on Tom Izzo to figure out that rotation. And I think he has to stop playing nice with the big men and trying to equal out the minutes and share minutes here and 
make the grown-up decision and start playing Julius Marble more. He's asked for more minutes. He's earned more minutes. He should be playing more of those minutes. So if, if they want to survive Big Ten play, they've got to settle that five-spot situation and the big men rotation. As for the guards, Rocket Watts needs to make a, a big step playing point guard. I, I get it. He's only a sophomore. You're asking a hell of a lot of him. But then with this team, you should be having Aaron Henry help him, up, help him out a little bit with the point. That's a lot for Aaron Henry as well. But maybe with the shared responsibility, you take a little off Rocket Watts' shoulders, become more comfortable on the court again because he looks a little outside of himself trying to play point guard. It seems sometimes you see the wheel spinning of whether or not, all right, should I take over and be the guy I was last year? Or, nope, I need to play point guard right now. So you need someone else on that floor who can run the point with them. And I think Aaron Henry is probably your best bet if you're wanting to kind of keep Langford out there, then Hauser, and hopefully not Kithier, but more Julius Marble, Malik Hall. We get, you got to get this offense in a more comfortable situation because you can't rely on this defense in and out for every single game. Because what happens when you play Iowa? Iowa puts up damn near 90 points a game. Granted, they give up like 85, but you need, you need just that offense to be more cohesive, more in tune with each other. Grant, I hope it, it's, all, it's a timing and chemistry issue as they play more and practice more that comes. But right now, we haven't seen it. That's what those non-conference games are for, and it just didn't really happen. Like, I love Gabe Brown offensively. Defensively, he's, he's a little shaky. Feels like he's kind of in and out of whether or not he wants to play defense. So just all in all, like, the effort and the will to play defense just has to be there game in and game out. And the offense just needs a little time to gain that chemistry. <sighs> I feel better. At least I hope I feel better. Merry Christmas. Merry Festivus. I got a lot of problems. But I don't know really what else is there to say. The way that defense was playing this loss felt like it was coming. I don't know if everyone expected it to just kind of cakewalk to Wisconsin and be like, all right, it's a ranked team. We can lose here. We'll feel okay about it because they're a ranked team. But no, it was Northwestern. That hopefully taught this team a lesson. I'm going to move on because got my blood boiling a little bit. It's the holiday season, and I don't want to get too riled up thinking about Michigan State, Wisconsin, Christmas Day at noon 30. I mean, it is what it is. So let's talk, let's talk about some football. Uh, MSU wrapped up their season. Their game against Maryland was canceled. They come out and say they're not going to accept a bowl game. Um, honestly, it's just get, get the kids home for Christmas. Uh, very understandable after this season. You've seen a lot of teams across the nation do this, um, especially if you see some of the Midwest teams with having no family, no friends in the stands, probably no friends really on campus outside of members on their own team. So, yeah, if you weren't vying for the college football playoff or one of the bigger bowls, 
just go home, go see your family, maybe see a friend or two. So give those players the mental break. Uh, but a lot going on with MSU after the season ended. So we've seen a lot of transfers. Uh, as touched last week, Anthony Russo, uh, quarterback from Temple, is a grad transfer. Uh, started sophomore, junior year, played a few games uh, senior season. Um, numbers okay. Sophomore year, 57.5%, 2,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Junior year, uh, almost up to 59%, 2,800 yards, 21 touchdowns, 12, 12 picks. This year, I think he was like nine TDs and seven interceptions. So he has a little, little bit of an interception problem. Also, uh, not a running quarterback. Not really a dual threat. I believe on his career he has, uh, I mean, college counts sacks as well into, at least sometimes they do count sacks in the rushing, but he's like 100 attempts for 25 yards. So he's not a dual threat quarterback. As we've kind of seen, that's what MSU's quarterback room is. It's not necessarily a running guy, but it's a guy who's mobile. And Anthony Russo is not. So I'm a little interested to see if what kind of fair shake he will get as MSU and the fact that this is Mel Tucker's target in a transfer quarterback is not a guy like they had in the room. So we'll see how that goes. And honestly, I'd love to see Peyton Thorne get the fair shake. And I think that's more selfishly just because he will be a red shirt sophomore, technically a freshman, a redshirt freshman again, because the eligibility carries over. So I think it's a nice setup when you have that younger quarterback to come in and just play for multiple years and have possibly a nice three-year window for your team where the most important position is settled. But we'll see. Uh, you know, Mel Tucker said he's going to hit the transfer window hard. He brought in running back Harold Joyner from Auburn, uh, former four-star recruit. Uh, honestly, it looks like he just left because he was buried on the depth chart. Uh, didn't play this year. Freshman, uh, freshman year, didn't really see the field. Sophomore year, 15 carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns, and looked buried on the depth chart. Uh, there's four other running backs that had exponential more carries than him. There's another running back that uh, roughly 15 carries as well. So it looked like he was fifth or sixth on the running back depth chart. So he just looked buried with Gus Malzahn gone in Auburn. That coach who recruited you as well is gone. So it looked like he was looking for a fresh start. And now he's coming to Michigan State where I think running back was needed. You have Jordan Simmons back, Connor Hayward probably back. But you have Davion Prim coming in. Anthony Williams out. Who knows what Elijah Collins will do. No announcements have been made. Um, right now as a Monday, so, but running back depth seemed like an issue this year because it seemed like this coaching staff relied on Jordan Simmons a lot, and when he needed a breather or was out for the game, it was the Connor Hayward show. It seems that this coaching staff isn't too fond of Elijah Collins or Elijah Collins didn't put in the effort to crack that top two running back depth chart. So I'm hoping Harold Joyner can come in and be that number two guy or see a nice one-two punch with Simmons and Joyner. And also, you know, we were looking forward to Audric Estime 
four-star running back out of New Jersey. He ended up flipping to Notre Dame. So once that happened, Harold Joyner, uh, I believe, transferred in or was right before S-Times announcement that announced that Joyner was transferring to Michigan State. So I think that kind of solidified all the bad feelings we had about S-Times recruitment. But best of luck to him. Go to Notre Dame as long as you don't face state. Whatever. Uh, so far, the last uh, transfer to come in is Jarrett Horst, Arkansas State junior, uh, offensive tackle. Couldn't find much on him what he did in 2020, but in 2019, third team all Sun Belt, started at left tackle every game, uh, was named to the watch list for best lineman coming into this year. So it looks like this kid, too, is just has worked his ass off to every step of the way. Out of high school, had to go to Ellsworth Community College, then was recruited after his freshman year by Indiana, Nebraska, Cincy, Toledo, Buffalo, ended up at Arkansas State. Ended up starting as a sophomore and played every game, was named 13 all Sun Belt. Junior year, played seven games. So comes in, since the eligibility carries over, he should be a junior again it seems like you have a nice solid tackle coming in that you can plug and play right on that line and that's something desperately this Michigan State team has needed for three years so it's Mel Tucker's been hitting the transfer portal I expect that there has to be more coming in and again the name that we're all looking out for is Palai Nateote, he is Ma Nateote's brother, the four-star recruit from USC. Uh, Pelé was a junior linebacker at USC, announced he was transferring. That's, that's where you hope. That's where you hope another transfer will come in. Um, as for other news, I think going pro, touched on Naquan Jones in the last episode, Shakur Brown, Antoine Simmons announced he's not going to use his extra senior year that he is able to. He's going to go for the draft, and good for him. Honestly, I love Antoine Simmons, uh, one of my favorite players that I've been able to cover for this team. Actually, probably my favorite player. Because when he gets in the room post game to speak, you sit down and listen. That man can command a room. He can command a defense. The dude's going to be a hell of an NFL player and a hell of a coach whenever his playing career is done. So best of luck to Antoine Simmons going to the draft. And if, you, if you're an NFL team and you're not going to draft him, you need a linebacker, you're missing out. That's all, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, back to the transfer window. A lot of players transferring out of Michigan State going to happen with a first-year coach. Um, some of the bigger names, Rocky Lombardi, much after Anthony Russo announced he was coming to Michigan State, Rocky put his name into the portal. Very understandable because then Rocky's coming in next year looking at minimum third place on the depth chart for quarterback. So you need to go find a place where you can be that starter for your one last year. We can all have our jokes about Rocky, but honestly, I'm just going to say thank you. You helped us beat Michigan 
in such a weird, crazy down year. Mel Tucker's first year, forever Spartan, forever grateful for the Rocky Lombardi giving us that memory. Just dropping dimes, throwing it to Slick Rick, Ricky White down the field every single time. Love it. Thank you. Best of luck wherever you go. As long as it's not a Big Ten school. I don't know. Hell, I don't care. Uh, Anthony Williams announced uh, earlier that, yeah, he was transferring. Uh, Luke Felton, linebacker. Jessler, Boyteng, linebacker. Marcel Lewis, linebacker. Marcel Lewis, linebacker, all transferring out. Davion Williams, cornerback, transferring. Punter, Jack Bowmester, transferring. And the two bigger, it wasn't shocking that they announced that they were transferring. I think it just more, it hurt a little more, was the four stars out of Belleville, Devante Dobbs and Julian Barnett. Um, yeah, Julian Barnett got to play wide receiver his freshman year uh, last year, but was really highly recruited as a corner. He announced that, yeah, they were going to make the switch back to corner for this season. Mel Tucker comes in. Barnett didn't see the field really at all. So it's not surprising that he found himself in the transfer portal. Uh, Devontae Dobbs played sparingly last year. I think he played his four games to keep that redshirt status. This year, I didn't see much of him, so it's understandable that he enters name in the transfer portal. Well, here he'll get a fair shake to play more consistently. I mean, granted, that's all these college kids want to do. That's why they're going to play college football, because they think they're going to go play for them. So it just thinks because Devontae Dobbs, I believe, is one of the top ten highest recruits in Michigan State history since recruiting's been tracked. I think he's like number like the eighth highest, seventh highest. So it's it's tough to see them go, but I wish them best of luck. They actually both announced that uh, Dobbs and Barnett were, are transferring to Memphis. They're the only two MSU, former MSU players that are transferring out that have announced where they're going. So when I see Dobbs and Barnett, teammates at Belleville, they both commit to Michigan State. They both transfer out at the same time, both go into Memphis, wish them the best of luck at Memphis. Let's see if they MSU will hit that transfer window hard more. Just get Mateo Tay's brother, bring him here, reload that linebacker room. <sighs> It's a shame football season is over, but understandable. Uh, let's go around a little MSU uh, athletics, what happened, what's coming up. Uh, women's basketball on Friday beat Central Michigan 79-70. to Then on Sunday beat Northern Illinois 82-70. to Their next game is Tuesday versus Oakland at 12 p.m. And the hockey team on Friday tied Notre Dame 1-1. to uh, their next game is not coming up for a while. And the next game for men's basketball is Christmas Day. Merry Christmas. Uh, versus number 12, Wisconsin, 1230 on one of the Fox stations. So uh, that will wrap it up for episode two of Grass is Always Greener, Michigan State podcast with your host, me, Ryan Elke. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, the podcast Twitter is always green MSU. My Twitter is Ryan EL underscore key. You can download the podcast anywhere your podcasts are available. Apple, Google, Spotify. Y'all have those apps covered. Go download it today. Uh, just want to thank you all, whoever's listening. 
order to respond. Also, if you have questions, hit us up on the email. Grass is always greener, msu at gmail.com. Uh, we'll have a podcast out probably after after Christmas, after the men's basketball team plays Wisconsin, and we'll kind of go into um, the next week and see if there's any more transfer announcements. So as for that, just want to thank you. And as always, go green. One, two.